right. Good morning, High Desert Word Center. How is everybody on Palm Sunday? Yeah. Praise the Lord. What a great day. And we are entering what we call Holy Week, a remarkable week in history where Jesus entered into Jerusalem to finish it. Amen. To take the cross and not stay dead. Right. A lot of people kind of, you know, like it's all about the cross. Praise God for that. But I'm so glad that Jesus didn't stay dead. He came back to life. Somebody say amen today. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to let Miss Katie kind of show you something that she's got here that will help you out a little bit in studying this week. Well, in just talking about Holy Week, I think that it's really interesting to find out what exactly happened each day. You know, because at least me growing up, maybe the rest of you are better than me and go you. But for me growing up, I didn't have the understanding of what happened each day and what was the value in each of those days. So we talked about that this week, this past week in youth group. So these will be at the info booth for you on your way out. If you are wanting to do a simple Bible study on what happened with Jesus and the value of each day this week, these will be at the info booth and you can just do that. It's a simple like evening short version Bible study of what went on. So we just wanted to make that available to you and make sure your Bible bags and your purses are ready because as you're leaving here, you're going to have all kinds of ammo. Okay. It's really a good day to amp up on what you have available for your resources. Amen. We have a wonderful service planned today. You guys picked a great day to be in the house of the Lord. We're going to go ahead. Amen. That's fine. Give God some praise. Don't let me stop you. Come on. (laughs) Let's stand up together. We're going to speak some words of faith over our beautiful United States of America, this country that is coming to Jesus. We refuse to not let it come to Jesus. Amen. But let's speak these words together, and we're going to see God do a work in this nation. In Jesus' name and in unity, we United States of America. We mercy, justice, you shall prevail. the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord some praise, hallelujah. You may be seated, amen. Well, um, let's go ahead and give you a quick update on our HVAC situation. And so if you were here Wednesday night, you heard the latest news, but we had a little bit of a, a curveball, a little bit of a, a, of a, a last minute, uh, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> They're not on right now, okay? So let me have Katie explain this to you real quick. And they will be on soon, though. Amen? Praise the Lord. You know, life just happens sometimes, right? So raise your hand if you're comfortable in here right now. Yeah! Okay! Yay, Jesus! That's Jesus air conditioning, okay? So we had a little issue... Um, The manufacturer did something incorrect in the electrical breakdown inside the units. So in order to do things correctly, 
Now we could modify and we could rig things. And how many of us know like sometimes you just got to do that at your house or in your yard. But it's not the right way. So in order to do things the right way, all these wonderful units that we just showed you this cool video of, they're all going back to the manufacturer. And we're getting brand new ones. So that takes a minute. They're going to finish building those. They do have a rush on them. So they're going to get those to us as quickly as possible. But it's not happening by Easter Sunday, okay? So, you know, just bring a card again if you need to, all right? Amen. Amen. <laughs> but hey, any time of the year to not have AC in, in, in the desert, this is that one short little period to not have it. So, thank you, Jesus. But it is coming. Mark my horse. It is coming. <laughs> Amen. Who knows what next Sunday is? Has anyone heard of this stuff? Yes. Resurrection Sunday, Easter. It is the most wonderful, important day in the history of the world. The day that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And we're celebrating real big over here at High Desert Word Center. And so be here next Sunday. Make sure that you are here. Don't miss it for anything. We've got stuff going on for the kids. There will be children's church that morning. Amen. They're going to have an Easter egg hunt and prizes and all sorts of great stuff for the kids. So that will be great. And then over here, of course, we're going to preach the gospel and get people to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Who believes that? Who's believing with me for salvations next Sunday? Who's believing for miracles next Sunday? All right. And so the ushers, we've printed at this point uh, 450 now because we printed more invitations for you guys to pass out. And so there's going to be more fresh ones today. And my my challenge is to every family, all right, every family or if you're single, every person, listen, to invite at least one other person to the service next Sunday. You do your part and get them in and God will do the rest to make sure that they hear the gospel. Amen. Amen. And if you feel like you don't have someone to invite, Pastor and Miss Pete used just to walk the grocery store and stick them in cases of beer or inappropriate magazines. You've always got somebody to invite. So whether or not you fling them around your neighborhood or toss them in mailboxes or whatever you got to do, make sure that you're getting people at least the opportunity, right? So no matter how we invite them, let's invite them. So Pastor Dave says take one. Y'all be taking five, okay? Y'all be taking five. There's plenty there for everyone, all right? So, and also there will be no nighttime service next Sunday due to Easter. Everyone's going to be having some family time. But then the Sunday after that, April the 11th, is Dr. Barclay will be with us right here for the Sunday morning service. So, um, anyway, that'll be the Sunday after that. So you're going to have two awesome Sundays in a row to invite people. And we promise they are going to hear the Word of God in an awesome way. Amen? Amen. I'm still his mom and I'm still the boss, so I can interrupt whenever I want to, right? right Cool deal. All right. Be praying for what you want to give in Dr. Barkley's offering. God says he loves a cheerful giver. So you be praying... And the Lord's going to give you a number. You have your check or whatever ready when you come in here that day. If you get two numbers, you go with the highest one. The lowest one's the devil. The highest one's the Lord. So I just want to tell you that. Be praying now. Lord, what do you want me to give into Dr. Barkley's offering? Okay, that's important. We don't wait till last minute to do this stuff. Amen. That's right. We're going to bless him and uh, and going to sow into good ground. And we know that when we give, it is given unto us. Amen. Luke 6, 38. 
go one final order of business this morning before we uh, get into our tithes and offerings. And that is we have three new members today. Three brand new members. Yes. That's right. And so I need James Ford to come on up, please. That's here. And I need Rebel McCafferty and Amy Nelson. If you could come up, please. Amen. Well, come on. You can do better than that. Let's hear it for our new family members. <laughs> Amen. So we've got membership certificates for them, and they are now officially a part of the family, and we're going to have a wonderful rest of our lives together. <laughs> and so we're going to take a picture. Alex is going to take a picture with us real quick. Oh, hey, you know what? We are going to put them on blast. <laughs> All right, let, we're going to look at Alex real quick, James, and, uh, oops, sorry. We're going to take a quick picture. All right, praise the Lord. Isn't it great to see the family growing? You know, last year uh, was the year of the baby at High Desert Word Center. We had nine babies, one girl, eight boys, and then we, <laughs> and then this year, amen, we're just going to go ahead and get some adults in here too. How's that sound? Praise the Lord. Well, who knows what time it is now? That is correct. It is happy time. And so if you need an envelope, raise your hand and the ushers are going to give you one. And uh, if you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving and you can give on there and whichever department you're putting that into. Let's open our Bibles this morning to Proverbs chapter three, Proverbs chapter three. Amen. I'll be in the new King James here. Proverbs chapter three. And you know, it's uh, it's just an, I don't know how to say, it's an evangelistic time right now. The harvest fields are ripe, and this is the time, this is the day, this is the hour for us to go out and preach the gospel, as Jesus told us to, to every creature. And right now, there's people that maybe you've tried to tell them about Jesus before and they didn't want to hear it. Try again. Try again. This is a new day. This is a new season. And so everything that we are doing around here, from HVAC units to doing Easter eggs at Easter, all right, to everything we're doing to asking you to invite people, it all has to do with the harvest is ripe. Amen. And we are going to see people coming to the Lord Jesus. And so that's what we're doing. But Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9 in the New King James, it says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. I love that. Honor the Lord with your... So what does that mean? That means that apparently you can dishonor the Lord with your possessions. Apparently you can dishonor the Lord and not give Him anything of your increase. And so look at this. What happens though when we honor the Lord with our possessions and with what He's given us? Verse 10, so your barns will be filled with plenty. Who likes your barn to be filled with plenty? Amen. Do you have a barn? I don't have a barn, but I've got a bank account, right? Amen. I've got a house and I've got a whole bunch of kids that need fed. And I like it when I have plenty of everything that I need and your bats will overflow with new 
wine. God is good. And all of this happens when we honor the Lord with our increase. And so, you know, the, everything that we've done, the money we've raised and, and all the fun stuff going on, it's all about honoring the Lord and preaching the gospel and reaching as many people as we can while there is still time because time is short. And so... I'm encouraging you today that as we bring our tithes and our offerings up, you be speaking words of faith over it, and you better know that God is going to use that to reach somebody for the kingdom of God, because this is the best time to be alive that there has ever been. Well, I don't think I can agree. Man, there's never been a greater harvest field than there is right now. We've got so many sinners everywhere. Come on. We can preach the gospel to them. That's good news. Amen. And so... Praise the Lord. Don't sit there. Man, this is getting worse and worse. I've never seen it that bad. Well, that means this is your time, your day, and your hour to rise up and do what you've been called to do. You were born for this. Somebody say amen today. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings, and then come on up and bring it in, and we're going to worship the Lord together with some awesome praise and worship. Can we stand up together today as we do this? Amen. Let's speak these words of faith over our giving. Amen. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, Debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Burning right through me I can't 
Yes, I will believe it. You make mountains move. You make giants fall. You use songs of praise to shake prison walls. And I will speak to my fear. I will preach to my doubt. That you were faithful then, you'll be faithful now. I am standing on your word. Calling heaven down to earth You will fight my enemies And this will end in victory And I will believe it Yes, I will believe it You make mountains move You make giants fall
giants fall, you use songs of praise to shake prison walls, and I will speak to my fear, I will preach to my doubt that you were faithful then, you'll be faithful now, let's just sing you are my king.
They know who their God is. And our God is Yahweh. And He is the Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Beside Him there is no other. Without Him there is no victory. But with Him all things are possible. Somebody praise the name of the Lord.
issue is or is you ain't an army dressed for battle. Amen. You're not sleeping, right? You're not slumbering away because you think everything's all right with the world right now, are you? No. Because these are the what? Last days. Thank you. And we are not going to sleep. If we signed up to be part of the army of God, then we don't slumber, we don't sleep. Amen. We're mighty, mighty warriors. Amen. Hallelujah. Have a seat. You may be seated. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I want to pray for us this morning, okay? Well, actually, I want you to say this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, help me to receive. Help my mind not to wander. Help everyone to be at peace. And help me to receive what you have for me today, which not only is for today, but starts today and goes through Jesus comes back. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So my message title this morning is uh, A Time such as this. You know, we've never lived in this time before. Nobody's ever lived in this time before but us. Aren't we blessed? Amen. We're blessed to be here. And I want to ask you a very profound question that the Holy Ghost asked Pastor 21 years ago, and it's this. Do you recognize your position in relevance to the times? I'm going to ask you that again. When I ask you this question, I want you to soul search. Do you, say me, recognize my position and relevance to the times? Amen. In about a week, a book that Pastor and I have written is going to come, should be, should be here. And the title of that book is called, um, What Always Precedes a Major Move of God. Subtitle is, Do You Recognize Your Position and Relevance to the Times? And what that book is about is about the Holy Ghost speaking to pastor 21, it's been 21 years ago now, in, in the year 2000, about the end times move of God. And I'm really excited about this book. It sat for 20 some odd years because the time wasn't right. And then last spring, the Holy Ghost said a year ago, probably almost a year ago, spring, the Holy Ghost said, put that into a book. So I spent all spring and into the summer work at writing, rewriting, writing, rewriting this book. And it takes a long time, and Josh and Julie helped me out with uh, getting it on the proper platform that they wanted it submitted on and all that kind of stuff. So I had a few glitches, but it should be here in a week or so. So I'm excited about that. Okay. Isaiah 57. New Living Translation, does anybody know what that verse is about? Pastor Dave does, because the Holy Ghost gave it to him. Does anybody else at High Desert Word Center? How many months are we into this year? Let's see. January, February, March, three months. We should know this verse by now because it's our theme verse for the year 2021. It says, Isaiah 50, verse 7 in the the, uh, New Living Translation, because the Sovereign Lord helps me. Does he help you? I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like stone, 
on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, determined to do his will. And I will not be put to shame. Amen. Amen. So in the year 2021, what is at stake? What's at stake? Who said that? Thank you, Leanne. Souls are at stake. It's the name of the game. It's the name of Satan's game. He wants everybody he can take to hell with him. But most importantly, it's God's. Open up your Bibles to Luke 19.10. I say this all the time, but you need to be able to see this with your own eyes. Luke 19.10. Here it is in Jesus' words. For the Son of Man has come to what? Seek. Means to look for. And to save that which is lost. I'm sitting here thinking, how many, what is the percentage of people um, in our town perhaps that are born again? Good question. What about, what's the percentage of the people in our state that are born again? What about our nation? What about the world? There are not enough of us. Christians need to multiply. And multiply rapidly, like rabbits. Right? That's what we need to be doing. We need to be multiplying like rabbits. Now look at uh, 2 Corinthians 5. Verse 18. I'm in the New King James. says, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the way we get to heaven, right? Amen. What's he say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me, right? He has reconciled us through Jesus Christ to God the Father. And you know what? Not only that, but he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. He passed the baton to us. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father. And he handed the baton to us. And he said, I've given you, all of you, Anybody who calls themselves by the name of Christian, Jesus, I've given you the ministry of reconciliation. So what are you doing about it? Maybe you don't know how to reconcile a lost and dying world. That's what I'm going to teach you today. We are undercover agents for the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that pretty cool? We're undercover agents. And we're on the lookout for lost and dying people. Where are they? Where are they? Huh. We're on the lookout, right? That means we're ever alert. 
Our antenna is always up. When we go out and about, it's not because we're going out and about. It's because God in us is going out and about. So our antenna is always up. Our binoculars are always on. Our magnifying glass, right? And we're looking. We're seeking for those who are lost and who need Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I want you to remember now that we are not in survival mode. Never get the attitude that we're in survival mode just hiding under a rock waiting for Jesus to come. That ain't the game, folks. We are warriors, mighty, mighty warriors, right? We're mighty, mighty warriors. We're in the army of God. We have an assignment. Now, what are we going to do about the assignment? See, it's up to you personally what you're going to do about the call. What is the call? The ministry of reconciliation, reconciling a lost and a dying world to Jesus Christ. That's what our job description is. Amen. What do people, we're in revival mode. If we're not in survival mode, then we're in revival mode. So what what do people in revival mode do? Anybody? What do people in revival mode do? Right. Do you remember when you first got saved, when Jesus Christ first became the Lord of your life? You couldn't keep your mouth shut for all the tea in China. You wanted to tell everything that moved and everything that didn't move. I found Jesus. Look what he did for me. Look at look at what he's done. I want to share this with you. We're in, we're, when we're in revival mode, that same thing comes upon us. We have got to tell Jesus about Jesus to everybody we know. That's what we've got to do. That's our job. Look at Colossians. Well, you don't have to look there because most of you don't have the Living Bible. It's an old translation. It's Colossians 1.28, the Living Bible says, So everywhere, where does everywhere mean? Everywhere means everywhere, right? We talk. What do you have to use when you're talking? Your mouth. So everywhere we go, we talk. What are we talking about? We're talking about Jesus to all who will listen. And we're warning them and teaching them to the best of our individual ability. Amen? But what holds us back? What hinders us? When we're out and about, we've all been held back. We've all been hindered. The number one thing is basically fear. All of a sudden, we get afraid. Fear grips us. What are we afraid of? We're afraid of the possibilities of people's reactions to us when we talk to them. Well, there's several several possibilities. They'll gladly receive what we've got to say. They've been praying and just waiting for somebody like us to come along and tell them. Or they'll get mad and make a scene. Picture that. You're sharing the gospel with Jesus in the Walmart, and all of a sudden somebody goes off on you. They can hear it all over the store. They might even spit at you or push you away. 
but should that matter? I want to tell you a story about Dr. Barkley of when he, he got bored again. He, he tells this all the time. He's a Marine, combat Marine from Vietnam. You know, he's a tough guy. He was a drunk all his life, you know, the whole nine yards. He was in San Diego as a uh, drill instructor. Back then, they were super mean. And somebody knocked on the door of his house one day, Sharon Jesus. You know what he did? Punched him in the face. True story. Punched him right in the face. Broke his nose. A week or so later, the guy showed up again. Or maybe it was a day or two. I don't know what the time zone was. But he said, I just want you to know that I forgive you and Jesus loves you. Dr. Barkley went back to Vietnam. But the words that that young man spoke to him rang in his ears in the jungles of Vietnam. And right there in Vietnam, when he was in the jungle, leaning against another Marine there, leaning there back to back, he's talking to this other guy about God. Do you think there's a God? The guy says, I don't know. And Dr. Barkley, because of that young man... He said, I believe there is. And he gave his life to Jesus right there on the spot. How can they hear without a preacher? As you will notice, not all of Barstow is under this roof this morning. How are they going to hear without a preacher? Guess what? You're the preacher. You're the preacher. Look at 1 Corinthians 3. I'm in the New King James again. Verses 3 through 6 say this. Or 6 through 8. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 8. Sorry, I had the wrong verse here. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, he witnessed, he was the witnesser, he planted, he witnessed, he opened his mouth, he witnessed, he planted. Apollos watered, somebody else comes along, somebody you don't even know, and they tell this person the same thing, basically, about Jesus, different words, different way of, he does it, but God gave the increase. Someone else comes along and closes a deal and actually leads them into a prayer of salvation. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. So when you're out, when you're out talking about Jesus to people, just because they don't receive Jesus on the spot, don't get discouraged. You were you planted. You planted a seed. Somebody else will come along. You know, it may not even be a person. Maybe it'll be a billboard. 
I love it coming back from Vegas. You know, you've got Jesus billboards all over the place. And I think, yes, 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 yes. After you've gone to Vegas and lost everything you own and, you know, there's Jesus. You know what I mean? He's right there for you. Maybe a book or, or something that somebody gives you. Amen. I want, I want you to open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 4. And I want to show you what happens when people are witnessed to. Acts chapter 4. Let's read verses 1 through, 1 through 3, first of all. Now, as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captains of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached about Jesus, the resurrection from the dead, and they laid hands on them not to pray for them. In other words, they grabbed them by the scruff of their neck and put them in custody in jail until the next day, for it was already evening. That's one thing that happened when the disciples and the early believers were out witnessing Folks got ticked off. They didn't want to hear that. But then, at the same time, read verse 4. However, many of those who heard the word believed. And the number of the men, just the men alone, not talking about the women and the children, came to about 5,000. You never know who you're going to lead to the Lord. Somebody had to leave Billy Graham to the Lord. Somebody. That young man that led that that witness to Dr. Barclay. You know? See, the words that we speak to people about Jesus are anointed. And the word of God says, and I think it's in Isaiah somewhere, that the word does not return void. Just like the rain comes down from heaven and the earth sucks it back up again, you know. You know, because of the evaporation of Judah, so is the word of God. It comes down, and it produces what it's supposed to do. It doesn't return back to heaven void. The word that we plant, it will produce, because it's good seed. Amen? And it will produce. Amen. Praise the Lord. Ah, I can turn the page here. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? So the same results that the early disciples of the early believers had through the power of the Holy Ghost when they were ministering to people, the results they had, same results today. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay, so the number one thing that we're supposed to do, what hinders us is fear. Remember, we talked about that. The second thing is there are some times when we should not speak up. Chuck was telling me about this one day. He said, you know what? I went to witness to somebody and the Lord wouldn't let me. That will happen every once in a while. Every once in a while. Most of the time you're supposed to speak up and sometime the Lord will just say, don't say anything. There's a reason for that. It's because the Lord's already working with him on stuff or her. And so if you talk now, you're going to blow it. So just shut up. That's rare. 
I think I've had that happen once in my life. How about you, Chuck? Maybe once? Yeah? I mean, it doesn't happen often. So the name of the game is speak up. The third reason that you may not want to be out there doing what you're supposed to be doing and sharing Jesus is because maybe you're tired and weary. Have you ever gone to the store and you're just flat out worn out? Don't talk to me. I don't want to talk to anybody. Lord, get me in and out of here. I just want to do what I need to do and go home. If we're weary and tired, it's hard. Amen. And I always picture all you moms. I picture Adriana. I picture Sabrina, all you other people that have all these kids, you know, and you're in the store with all of them, you know. You're supposed to, I'm supposed to witness? <laughs> Maybe the fact that you're there with all these children is a witness, you know, presuming they're all behaving, right? <laughs> or how you handle it when they're not behaving. Amen. So but I'm going to ask you a question. What can you do? What can you do to tell people about Jesus? What can you do to win people to Jesus? The first and foremost thing is your Christian character, your day-to-day life. It doesn't do any good for people who know you, and a lot more people know you than you know know you, to see you coming out of the tavern one day, spout Jesus the next, see you stealing stuff at work, spouting Jesus the next, see you lying about stuff, spouting Jesus the next, guess what? You have no credibility. You have no credibility whatsoever. First thing is your daily life. The second thing is you need to be a devoted, consistent prayer. You need to pray. You need to pray. I'm going to put that in my tool belt because we need to pray. Right? Look at Psalm 2.8. This is one of my favorite, favorite little portions of Scripture, Psalms 2.8. So we're praying, right? We're praying for people to be born again, right? Maybe some of you were in a Wednesday night service when I prayed about the ark, and I gave you all a copy of this Cardboard ark, yeah, card, card stock ark. There's some back there on the platform, I think, if you didn't get one. What did you do with it? You're supposed to go home and put it on your refrigerator. And you were supposed to write names of people that needed to be, that you knew personally that needed to be born again. Or pictures of them. I put family pictures of some of our family members that aren't born again yet on that. Right on the refrigerator. How many times a day do you open that refrigerator door? And when you're opening that refrigerator door, you can lay hands on your ark. You can say, Father, thank you, Lord, and just pray over them. Thank you, Lord, you're sending labors across their paths. Thank you, Lord, they're telling them, you're, you're sending people to tell them about Jesus. Thank you, Lord, as they're born again and they're on the way to heaven, and I will see them in heaven someday. They're not going to hell. Amen. So when we're praying, Psalms 2.8, we say, ask of me. He says, ask him. You receive not because you ask not. And I will give you the nations or the people groups for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for all your possession. God the Father, if we lift up people's names to him, 
in prayer. He's on the scene, man. He's not going to give up on them. He's going to chase them down. He's going to chase them down. And who's he going to use? You and me. We're chasing them down. We're being obedient about telling everyone about Jesus. Everywhere we go to all who will listen. We talk about Christ to all who will listen. That's our main topic, amen? So we're praying for these people to receive Jesus, to, be, to come to church, to be discipled, amen? And at High Desert Word Center, we have a discipleship team, and I'm so thankful to Pastor Dave for setting that team up because it's helped many, many, many. Another thing is you need to be a tracker. A tracker. Now, I didn't say a tractor. You need to be a tracker. You need to be a tracker. Well, what's a tracker? This is a track. You will all get some on the way when you leave today. This is a track. What does this track do? This track is a tool. You can keep it in your tool belt. We're going to go over this track at the end of the service. I'm going to teach you about it. So what's the uh, the job description of a tracker? Pastor and I used to be trackers. We still need to be trackers. Number one, you go tracking. Number two, you carry tracks with you at all times. In your shirt pocket, in your purse, wherever. Number three, you pass out tracks to people. Hey, here's something pretty good to read. You can do that. You can plant tracks. Where? Katie told you where we used to plant tracks. We can still plant them there. So can you. You go to the grocery store. Here's the beer aisle. You got tracks. What do you do? You stick them in the beer, beer thing. They don't so much have, you know, Playboys and all that garbage in stores anymore, I don't think. We used to go down the magazine aisle, go like this, don't look, stick a track in there. Hey, why not? They used to have telephone booths. They don't have telephone booths anymore. We used to put them in telephone booths. They don't have telephone booths anymore. You're going to have to be a little creative about where you put them. Amen? You can mail these. When I used to pay the bills at the house, I used to write a check. You know, Pastor does it online now. I used to write a check. And as I was writing a check, I'd put a track inside. Right? You can send a card or a letter to your families or your friends. What do you do? You put a track inside. Not only that, but when you go to the restaurant and you're getting ready to leave your large tip, I didn't say your throw your quarters on the table. I said when you leave your large tip, you put it in the track. Why? They want the money, right? You be creative about where you put these tracks. I put them in my tool belt. See, I got tool belt. You need to have a tool belt too. But not necessarily one that looks like me. Number three or number four, you can be on a soul winning winning team. 
trained, Pastor Dave. We know somebody who's a perfect trainer, don't we? Perhaps it's time for him to come. I think it's time for him to come. Talk about Brian Besser. So soul winning teams, where do they go? Well, sometimes they go door to door, door to door. Like that young man that went to Dr. Barkley's door. Sometimes they go to the park, sometimes they go to malls, etc. You know what you can also write? Written words. That's number five. You can write. What do you write? You can write a letter to somebody, your dear friend you haven't seen for a long time. One of your family members, anybody, it doesn't matter. You know what, I just, something really great happened in my life and I just want to share it with you because you came to my mind and I still care about you. I want to tell you about Jesus. Amen. And you tell them about Jesus. In all of this, we're going to be bold. Because we're not afraid, right? Number one thing is fear. You got rid of the fear, right? So we're bold, right? Right? What happens if fear comes upon you? Rebuke it in Jesus' name, right? Rebuke it in Jesus' name. I'll put these in my tool belt. Use your mouth. Your testimony. At the end of the service, I'm going to pass, the, the ushers are going to pass you out a sheet of paper. It says, my testimony. There's a place for you to write your testimony, your name, and the date that you write it. You know, you don't even know what your own testimony is, some of you. What has happened to you in Jesus Christ is individually personal. Amen. You know, when we, when we were doing SAMTI here, Dr. Barclay's Bible College, one of the job assignments or the, the lessons or the homework assignments was write out your testimony. We got some testimonies in this church that'll curl your hair. I mean to tell you what. If you would do this, write out your testimony, number one, for your benefit, so you'll know how to share your testimony. Because even if you can't go to the Bible and share all the verses, You've got your testimony, uniquely yours. So if you if you fill out that form and you would like to, turn it back to me because I'm going to make a little booklet that's, that says something like absolutely true or it's radical or can you believe this or something that's eye-catching to people we're going to pass out these little books. You don't have to put your name on it if you don't want to put your name on it. That's fine. I don't care. I'm going to pick out some awesome testimonies and make a little book. We can pass these out. People, that, people in everyday life, wow, listen to this. If God did that for them, he can surely do it for me. Amen? So please do that, okay? I want you to do that. I'm going to put this in my, my little tool belt here. Okay. So we're going to use our mouth. What are conversations? Number six, use your mouth. What are conversations that we can talk to strangers about when you're out and about? It always helps if you're polite. You know, some people have horrible manners. Some people have no manners, okay? 
but be polite. It helps if you're nicely dressed. You don't have to be dressed like you're going to the ball, like you're going to the prom, but dress nicely, you know. Conversation openers, strangers. How are you doing today? They might just tell you. In which case, you can say, you know what, Jesus is so good. He can help you with that. You're looking for the door to crack open so you can run right through it, okay? This is what I love to do. Example. The other day, Pastor Dave took us home, went to Vegas to pick us back from the airport because we went to Georgia to see a new grandbaby and our son and daughter-in-law. So we go to the Chipotle's, and there's this family. Good Lord. I don't know how many kids they had, but they went like this, eight or nine. And I said to this lady, who was of a different color than me, I said, wow, you've got such a blessed family. I love big families. I've got eight kids of my own. Conversation opener. So we talked for a little bit. I said, she said, my father, whom I haven't seen in 11 years and has never met these children, we're having lunch together. I said, oh, you're so blessed. And she started talking Jesus back to me. So I don't need to witness to her. You know what I'm saying? But, but you know, what do, people, what do parents love most of all in their life? What, what's their heart's desires? Their children. You talk about their children. I remember one time I was at Food for Less, and I happened to have some coupons for somewhere. I don't know. And a man came in, and he had this little girl in the, in the cart. And I said, oh, I've got something for your little girl. I said, when you're over here around and abouts, here's a meal for her. You know, and I gave that to him. And I said, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. People don't know Jesus loves them. They think they're ugly and mean and no hope for them. When you tell them Jesus loves you, that opens their heart. Can I pray for you when you go into the wall? Oh, when you go to the Walmart <laughs> or anywhere else? I'll give a story about this one gal. Yesterday happened to me. Yesterday, went to Home Depot, and I knew this one little gal. Her uh, her mother was very very ill. I'd heard that I, from somebody else, and um, I saw her in the store when I was going through the checkout, but she was busy. And I started to walk out with my I, with my actually. My tool belt, which I purchased yesterday, isn't it lovely? It's very, it's very nice, huh? I purchased that yesterday. So as I was walking out the door, I stopped. I said, I cannot leave this place till I talk to her. And she had stopped doing whatever she was doing, and I yelled back at her. You know, Pastor says, quit yelling. Sometimes you have to yell. I yelled back at her. I'm not going to say her name, but I yelled back at her. And she heard me. And I said, and she came over. And I said, how's your mother doing? Well, her mother's not doing well. But her mother wants to go home and be with the Lord. So in that case, you don't pray for healing for that person. They want to go home and be with the Lord. I said, well, how are you doing with it? And she started to cry. And so I laid my hand on her shoulder and I prayed for her. When you are out and about, there are people who are hurting. There are people who are working on the job, but they're sick. Healing. Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? You don't know how many Walmart cashiers I've prayed for them. <laughs> you know, they'll say, oh, I got a horrible headache. Oh, can I pray for you? 
That needs to be the first words out of your mouth. Oh, can I pray for you? Before the devil talks you out of it, right? Here's something else you can say. You know, have you ever received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Now, this is a, this is a clincher, man. Now, listen to this. You can say this to people when the door gets open enough. If you were to die today, that's a thought. If you were to die today, why should Jesus let you into his heaven? I'm telling you what. A Presbyterian guy named James Kennedy, Dr. James Kennedy from... Cape Coral, Florida, wherever he was from, 30-some-odd years ago, came up with the Evangelism Explosion Program. As a Methodist, I went through that program in Carmel, Indiana, years ago. This line, you get all kinds of, well, I hope so. If you were to die today, you know, why would Jesus let you, were you going to go to heaven? Is Jesus going to let you into heaven? I hope so. There's your door opener. They don't know. If they say back to you, because I've received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, that's fine. They may say, well, I go to church. So? I mean, right, right. You know, the old saying, just because you sit in the garage, it doesn't make you a car. Any more than sitting in a church makes you a Christian. Well, my mother was saved. They may not even know what the word saved means. Most people, that's Christianese. I remember one time years ago, I was swimming at the YMCA in Anderson, Indiana, in the swimming pool there. And this little Baptist girl swims up to me and she says, are you saved? Why was I befuddled? I went to the Methodist church. I didn't know what the word saved meant. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's Christianese. But you've got a door open there. I hope I'm good enough. Well, you know, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, there's none good. That salvation, that Jesus paid the price for you is, is a free gift. You can't earn it. You just have to receive it. Can I pray for you now? Would you like to receive Jesus into your heart today? Can I pray for you now? So where are you going to use your mouth? All of you who have your mouth shut. Where are you going to use your mouth? Everywhere. 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 Everywhere your little feet go. Number seven. You can be a bold street witness, but you need trained. They're out there. One time when Pastor and I lived on First Street, we lived across the street from the high school, I was so excited one day. School was about ready to get out at the high school. Here comes this troop of people. They got bullhorns. One's across the street right on the corner of the high school. Somebody's over on this corner. A couple of people over on my side of the street. This guy starts preaching Jesus as soon as the bell rings and they're out they're getting on their buses. He's preaching Jesus. The cool thing about it was, 
The police knew he was going to be there. They let him alone. The principal knew he was going to be there. He let him alone. I told the guy, I said, come over on my side of the street. Preach from my side of the street. People over there on that corner were taking kids and leading them to the Lord. So you got to be trained to do this. You just don't go out on your own and be stu- do something stupid. That was like, so cool. And then when the buses were all gone, they packed up their stuff and away they went. I thought, this is so cool. And when we first bought that house on First Street, across the street from the high school, before and after school, Julie will remember this, the kids would come on our side of the street until they quit letting them come on my side of the street. So it was Christmas. You remember that, Julie? And I thought, you know what? There's going to be about 30, 40 kids on my side of the street last day of school before Christmas vacation. So I made up little gift packs for girls, and I made up little gift packs for boys. And they came, and they're all they're, they're on my side of the street because they're smoking, okay? You can't smoke on church property, so you smoke on the people's property. So here they are on my property. So we go out, and we start handing out these little gifts and stuff. You know, Jesus loves you. We probably had a track in them or something. Remember that? And I handed this. There was one boy that was over the cross. He was in front of the house next door, and he didn't want to come. And I said, come here. And I kept coaxing him, and he came over. And I handed him a little gift. And you know what the Holy Ghost said to me? That's the only thing he's going to receive for Christmas. That's the only gift that kid's going to receive for, for Christmas. Gifts of the Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit. What are the gifts of the Spirit? Word of knowledge. That was a word of knowledge the Lord gave me about that boy. He'll tell you all kinds of stuff. One time, Pastor and I, years ago, before we were pastors, we had a little ministry called Laborers of the Harvest. And we went door to door in Noblesville, Indiana. We told people about Jesus. We knocked on the doors. The Holy Ghost said, you ask people, does anybody here need prayer for healing? That was what we were supposed to say to the people. We knocked on this one door. This young lady came to the door. She was obviously pregnant. And I said to her, can we pray for you and your baby? And, 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 and I started to pray for her and her baby and her husband. The Holy Ghost said, she doesn't have a husband. I didn't know that. Holy Ghost did. Gifts of the Spirit. And when you're out working, out there working for the Lord, you can lay hands on people and pray for them. I talked about that. Like I laid hands on that gal at Home Depot yesterday. I just put my hand on her shoulder. That's laying on of hands, isn't it? Signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. We're supposed to be reading in the book of Acts this month. So cool. Look at all the signs and the wonders are done by people like you and me. Signs and wonders and miracles. Why? Because he's given us the ministry of reconciliation to go out there into that lost and dying world. Amen. 
Some things that people do are Chuck Coleman's got a, his own ministry. It's called Kingdom of Heaven Ministries, right? Got the name? I got the name right? Oh, pardon. I forgot the outreach part. Kingdom of Heaven Outreach Ministries. Outreach meaning being the key word. Outreach. So he himself, he's a very gifted, talented man, built this trailer. Sometimes we use it here on Harvest Fest. That's Chuck's trailer. He made it himself, own hands. He goes out, he's got sound equipment, he's got all kinds of stuff. And he's telling me the other day, he says, you know, I've got people that are coming and asking to work with me. They want to set up the equipment. They want to do this, they want to do that, they want to do something else. You need somebody that passes out tracks. You need a tracker. You need a tracker. Then Katie Brady, a few months ago, she all by herself. There she is back in the back with little Seth. Little Katie Brady, all by herself, put on the inheritance. That event that many of us went to that was in the park. All day, you know, all in the evening, all day, all day, all evening event. It's beautiful. Beautiful. What's something else you can do? You can sing. Some of you can sing. Some of you need to keep your mouth shut when it comes to singing. (laughs) If you can sing and somebody knows you can sing besides you think you can sing, you can do cool things with this. I've seen this on Facebook. You can go to the Walmart. One of you is on one aisle, one of you is on the other. You're just shopping, minding your own business. All of a sudden you start singing Amazing Grace, aisle one. So-and-so on aisle two joins in. So all of a sudden you get all these singers coming out and they're singing Amazing Grace right in the middle of Walmart. Isn't that cool? I think that's just cool. Now you don't want to be a bad singer and people are going like, what is that noise? <clears throat> no, you want to be able to sing. I want to tell you a story about Julius Marar, our missionary from India to India, Nepal. <clears throat> he has this funny little box. We saw it in his house one day. Remember that funny little box? And we said, what is that, Julius? And he opens up this little box. I don't know. There's some kind of a name for it. But he starts playing it. It's like a hopsichord. He starts playing this thing. Well, one time he had it in the airport. Airports are wonderful places. People are captive. You know, they're sitting there waiting for their airplanes. So he, Julius is in the airport. He's got his little box. Somebody says, oh, what is your box? What's in your box? He opens it up. And it begins to sing. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder, consider all the words I hands have made, etc. He sings how great they are in the middle of the daggum airport. People stop what they're doing. And they listen. Isn't that cool? I just think that's cool. You know, we are so creative. We are so creative. Let's see what else we've got here. You can sing in parking lots. You know, you don't need a band. You can have singing teams. Just go out and start singing about Jesus. I already talked to you about being sensitive to the gifts of the Holy Spirit operating within you. I want to talk to you business owners now. I know we've got some business owners in here. If you would like, I'm not making you do this. At the end of the service, in a minute I'm going to tell you about this track and we're going to go through it together. 
If you would like to put maybe a stack of tracks by your cash register or something for people to pick when they're paying their bill, you know, it didn't cost you anything. You don't even have to say anything necessarily. You just got the stack there. How many people you're, you're sitting at what you're getting ready to check out somewhere? And all of a sudden you see a stack of stuff. I look at the paper. I look at stuff. Yeah, the written word is still powerful. I look at it. I think, huh, I might want one of those. And you just take one. So you business owners, if you want, I've got, we printed out and prayed over 400 tracks yesterday. I had some prayers come in. They helped me fold them. We laid hands on them. They're extremely anointed. We prayed over them for a couple hours. They're very anointed. So these tracks that I'm going to pass out to you in a minute, where'd it go? It's in here. It's in my pouch. They even prayed over Man, they're anointed. Woohoo! Pastor prayed over these. We printed a bunch of these yesterday. I mean, we had them printed. The invites to Easter. Pastor himself laid hands on these. They're anointed. Look at Acts 19. How can you say that, Mrs. Pastor? Easy. Look at Acts 19. This is why we say this. I can get the Acts. Acts 19. Let's look at verses 11 and 12. Now listen to this. Now God, who? God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul's, Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or apron were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. Handkerchiefs and aprons? What is a handkerchief? It's, an, it's a tangible object. What is paper? It's a tangible object. That's why we prayed over them, to get the anointing in them. So when you're passing them out, these people are prayed for. Look at Matthew 9. Love to hear the sound of Bible pages turning. Woohoo! Matthew nine, verses thirty-seven and thirty-eight. Then he, Jesus, said to his disciples, "The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Why are the laborers few?" If we're all called, if we're all given the ministry of reconciliation, why are the laborers few? Because few few choose to answer the call. Few choose to be doers of the instructions of the Most High God. That's why the laborers are few. 
Jesus said, verse 38, Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest. Who's the Lord of the harvest? Jesus is. To send laborers out into his harvest field. Send laborers out into his harvest field. One day at warfare prayer, our, our assignment from the Holy Ghost that day was to pray for laborers. So that's what we did the whole time we were there. We prayed for laborers to answer the call and get out there. Look at 1 Corinthians 6.20. First Corinthians 6.20 says in the New King James, For you were bought at a price. Jesus paid the price. It says, Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So if we're bought with a price, we're not our own. I don't belong to me. You don't belong to you. You belong to Jesus. Amen. So we need to do what he's called us to do. I want to remind you all, Barstow's ripe for the picking. We have spoken the word over Barstow for more than a year, year and three months now. They're ripe for the picking, I'm telling you what. Have you ever gone by an orange grove, we'll say that? Out here we have orange groves, we don't have apple trees too much. Go by an orange grove and you can tell the oranges are ripe for the picking. That's how Barstow is. All these salvations, all these people out there, they're ripe for the picking because they're backed up with prayer and the words that we have spoken over them. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to, uh, ushers, if you'll, ushers are going to give you a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, you didn't tell me how many people are in the congregation today, Robert. How many people are in this congregation, in the sanctuary? What? 108. Okay, give everybody three tracks. We could print up more of these, but you're going to get three today. Give everybody two invite cards. And then give everybody one of those testimony forms. So you should get one of these, three of these, three tracks, two invite cards, and a testimony form. And in a minute, when you all have the track in your hand, we're going to go over this track. Because what good is it if you have this track if you don't know what's in it? So you have to familiarize yourself with it. For years, Pastor and I had a track that Pastor wrote years ago. I don't know how many years ago. And I thought, actually, the Lord gave me this, this message at the beginning of January, like January 1st. And I was going to make copies of all that old track that we had, and I started reading it, and I thought, oh, this track, 
doesn't apply to today's society. I said, Lord, you've got to give me a new, a new track. So I said, what do people, what are people like in today's society? They want to know the truth. They want to know the absolute truth. They want to know the ultimate reality. They're lied to day in and day out. Just lied to constantly. Has everybody got a track in their hand? If you do not, raise your hand. Pastor does not have a track. Did the front row get tracks? Oh, hey, you can't dismiss the ministers just because they're ministers. They need tracks too. So front row tracks. Teenagers need tracks. Children that are old enough to talk and read and write can read, get tracks. Over here. Okay, so does everybody have a track? Wave your track at me if you've got a track. All right. Okay, so we're going to go over this together. It's trifold. See that? Open up the cover. First thing, what are absolutes? Something that is true. An infallible reality that nothing can change or surpass. This is what they're looking for. Are you a truth seeker? Are you uncertain in life about what is truth and what is not? They sure are. Are you confused and somewhat bewildered? Surprisingly enough, the answer is very simple. Open up the thing. Here's the absolute truth right in the middle. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me, John 14, 6. Hebrews 6, 8 also tells us, so God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. They need to know God's not a liar. We know God's not a liar. They don't even know God, period. Top part of the page where it says truth. This is the truth. Heaven is for real. Hell is for real. And they are both forever. And there's no opportunities to turn back. Truth. By surrendering your life to Jesus, you are guaranteed heaven when you die. If you never leave him, he won't leave you. Truth. Not only are you promised heaven when you die, but Jesus will also help you in your daily life to gain victory in every situation that comes your way. Isn't that so? Okay, turn the page. Step number one. So how do I do all this? How do I get this truth? Step number one, surrender your life to Jesus. Say this prayer. Say it with me. Say, Lord Jesus... I confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I surrender my life to you. You died on the cross for my sins. You are raised to life in three days. I will serve you forever. Thank you, Lord. Step number two is learning the reality... What's the reality? It's truth. That, from 2 Corinthians 5.17, I am a new creature in Christ. That old things have passed away. All things have become new. 
Step number three is discovering that God has a plan for my entire life. People need to know this. Jeremiah 20, 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. They need to know that tomorrow's going to look good for me, you know. Step number four, becoming part of a local church where you are welcomed, loved, and a vital part of God's family. Headed up by pastors where you can learn to grow and mature in the things of God, where you find answers to the problems that plague you. Join us at High Desert Word Center. Come and meet hundreds of people who have found him too. And then when they come in here, assign them to a discipleship team. Right? Amen? Is that easy? That's easy, huh? If you're a business owner in here and you would like to take home or take to your business a pack of 29, 25 tracks, raise your hand. You want to take home a pack? Guys, watch your, watch your people with their hands raised. We've got business owners in here that want to take a pack to their business. We're going to give 25 today. And then we'll have more and more and more of these, but actually the printer got tired on me yesterday. <laughs> I'll have 100 more tonight, though. Okay, we got, we got some more. If you want to take, anybody else want to take any to their place of business? Okay. Uh, Sabrina. Give Sabrina a pack. Okay. Go ahead and stand up. Joshi, can you come back here? You can get your testimony sheet back to me and you want to share your testimony with other people. You know, without your name on it, whatever, or if you just want to put your first name, whatever. I'll sooner or later <laughs> make a booklet that you can pass out to people. Joshy, you coming? I'm going to ask you a question in a minute as Josh plays something for us. Yeah, I don't want you to sing it right yet. I just want you to play, please. I'm not ready to get down yet. <laughs> Thanks, so, Robert. <laughs> i got to ask my question. Just play something soft. I'm going to ask you a powerful question. You may not want to. You may not want to. You may not want to do this. But then again, maybe you do. And I pray that you do. Jesus has a heart for the lost. Like we don't have. But. I believe if we ask him to place within our heart his burning 
loving, compassionate, caring heart for the lost who are dying and going to hell, that he will do that. He will place that heart within our heart. There's a price to pay for this. The price to pay is this. That you do something about it. Not today, not tomorrow, but until you die or until Jesus comes, whichever comes first. So if you want that burning heart of Jesus Christ to be in you, just like his, Raise your hands. Now he's going to give it to you, I'm telling you. Say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, give me your heart. Place it in my heart. Your heart's desire for the lost. Here I am, Lord. Use me. Use my mouth. Use my hands. Use my feet. Give me a burning desire for the lost. And help me to win them for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Will you sing something? Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, would die for me? Amazing love, I know it's true, it's my joy to honor you. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, would die for me? Amazing love, I know it's true, that it's my joy to honor you. In all I do, I honor you. In all I do, I honor you. In all I do, I honor you. Amen. Let's raise our hands for a minute today. And Lord, we cry out to you right now and we say that it is our our it's our heart's desire lord 
to serve you. And Lord, we want to honor you with our lives. You've done so much for us, God, that we can't keep it to ourselves. We say in Jesus' name that we are going to go out into the harvest fields just like we read today, Lord, and bring the harvest in because we know you're coming back soon and we know that you want as many people to go with you as possible. We thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Has everybody been blessed today? Praise God. Hallelujah. We've got a job to do. Amen. There's people that sit around and talk about wouldn't it be nice if, if things change, wouldn't it be nice? But then there's people that are doers and actually go and do something about it. And so we've been given information and the word of God, but also we've been given tools to go out and actually do that. And so I'm challenging and encouraging and, and everything that I can to everybody here. Let's do something this week. You don't realize how ripe it is. And right here, Easter Sunday, one week away, if there's any day of the year that someone may come to church with you, it's next Sunday. So get out and bring somebody in. In the name of Jesus, bring somebody in because we want to give them the gospel, the good news that they can go to heaven too and that their life can be awesome here on earth. Amen. And so who's going to invite somebody and who's going to bring somebody next Sunday? Amen. All right. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Well, we're going to close things out today. Remember, we have service tonight, six o'clock. And of course, we got children's church and nursery and everything. So bring the kids out. They're going to have an awesome time. Amen. And be blessed. And, uh, you know, within a couple weeks from now, Dr. Barclay is going to be here. So we're just rocking and rolling and got all sorts of stuff going on. So don't get disconnected. Stay connected and be a part of what God is doing. Amen. All right, I'm going to pray over you today. We're going to speak some words of faith over Barstow, and we will release you today. Raise your hands with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for every single person here today. And God, we know that that you have an awesome plan for our lives, and we were born for such a time as this. It's not a mistake that we're here in this day and in this hour. Lord, you put us here on purpose. And so I say in Jesus' name that every person here has the strength and the boldness of God to go out and be the light of the world. I thank you that each person is healed, healthy, and whole. No sickness can come near them. Lord, their houses and their marriages and their children are full of the peace and love and joy of the Lord. No weapon formed against these people shall prosper. We thank you, Lord, that we are healthy, we are prosperous, we are blessed, and you are using us, Father, to take the love of Jesus to Barstow and Fort Irwin and Santa Fe and Victorville and everywhere we work, the Marine Base. Thank you, Father, that you are using us to do your work in this area. We love you in the name of Jesus. Can somebody give God some praise today? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's speak some words of faith over Barstow. And then this week, we're going to do more than just speak it. We're going to go out there and we're going to bring people in to the family of God. Amen. Let's say this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right.